Hello there, and welcome to Brainwaves, bringing you the best in board game and tabletop gaming news. I'm Jamie Adams, and I would normally be joined by Ian McAllister at this point, but he's not here. Um, sorry about that. Uh, actually, do you know what? Do you want to come with me? And we'll go and have a wee look around the, the Brainwave studios just to see if we can find him, because I saw his car in the driveway. He should be here. Uh, uh, Ian! Ian! Oh, he's, he, I mean, sometimes he sleeps in RPG Corner, but the fire's been out. Oh, okay. Um... Oh, I mean, the garden's looking good, but, but definitely not here. Uh, Ian! 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 Ian, don't make me get angry. And that's why, Ian, this is an incredible limited time. We are talking about this as the very top of the market right now. I mean, the, the, the money you stand mm -hmm. to make by selling this place. I mean, it's prime real estate. I mean, you can imagine it, right? That you could put three blocks of flats on this site. That's how big this studio is. Uh, yeah, that's you, true. Lots of eateries. I mean, my, my God, you could have a Franco Manca down there. Isn't that, isn't that what you want? It has been the dream of my family. Um, uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Hi. Um, uh, uh, James. Oh, hi, Jamie. It, uh, James Naylor, isn't it? Oh, hi, Jamie. Yeah. Hi. Hi, man. Nice to, nice to see you. Um, yeah. yeah J James has been emailing me for the last week or so. Uh, he got this fantastic real estate deal. And uh, yeah, I thought I'd get him in to have a, a little chat about that and maybe look to sell the Brainwaves HQ, you know, after, you know, the issue at uh, the start of the year with the, you know, the multi-dimensional hole in the basement. I thought we might, uh, you know, move and uh, get somewhere less, you know, apocalyptic. Ian, Ian, Ian. Sorry, James. James, one second, mate. Okay, J just one second. Just, just one, one second. Ian, can I take you aside J for a Jamie, second? You've got to, uh, yes. J sorry, Jamie. J Jamie, this no. is this is a, this is a limited time deal that I've got for Ian on the table. My okay. buyer is very interested in moving very quickly. Um, who is your buyer? I'm just interested. Um, I'm, my buyer is an undisclosed person. I, I can't reveal their identity, unfortunately. But um, okay. uh, they are a significant name in property. Oh, okay. Um. That's fine. I just need to, yeah. Just, just give me two secs, James. I just need to speak to Ian very quickly. Um, just a really minor thing, minor thing, yeah. minor thing. Uh, sure. Ian, is there a problem? Uh, Ian, why we we can't sell this? Because this is in Sam's name, and Sam is currently in somewhere in time. Uh, we can't do it. I've forgotten but, he owned it. Yeah, but we need to just pretend like we're interested. Is he not technically dead? Well, we never found any remains, so technically he's dead and not dead. He's kind of a Schrodinger Sam, as if you will. So right uh, now, let's problem. just let's just yeah. think that we're interested. We'll get him along. Do do a financial correspondent or something, and and we'll just keep it going for this podcast, okay? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 deal with it. Yeah, cool, sure. Cool. Um, um, I'll go. And, I'll go and burn these okay, documents. Good. Good. James, hi. Um, listen, while we're mulling that over, would you like to join us for uh, uh, our podcast today and be our financial correspondent? Jamie, I would love to do that. And anything I can to keep this deal moving. Oh, fantastic. Yep, that's fine. We want to keep things moving. Absolutely. So uh, why don't you uh, come into the studio and tell us a little bit about yourself?
Wow, just I'd like to say you've got an absolutely lovely space here. This has got to be, what, 20,000 square feet at least? Uh, 19, 20 if I stretch my legs out. <laughs> it's the mirrors that make it look bigger. I'm sure, I'm sure. So yes, James, you, what do you do? Well, I mean, apart from selling wonderful property, what do you do? Tell, tell everyone about yourself. Other than trying to acquire, acquire property for various uh, private clients, um, what I also like to do is I like to design board games. Design, uh, in particular, my, my own board game, which I'm hoping to bring to Kickstarter very soon, uh, called Magnate the First City, uh, which is a property-themed game in which you are a developer trying to make as much money as you can in a property boom. Which is kind of a bit of a coincidence, isn't it? J- Jamie, it just arrived. It just arrived. The- James' game. Oh, oh, that looks beautiful. Look at that. I mean, James, this is incredibly fortuitous. I mean, you a property developer and also a board game designer. I mean, what are the odds of this happening? You know, uh, it's absolutely astronomical, isn't it? You <laughs> almost might not even believe that it was really true. maybe not. That's but how you know, astronomical you- it is. Yeah, I mean, if if you say that, I mean, the word suspension of disbelief come to mind. But you know, let's not let's not bandy about technical terms. Best not. Best not. No, no. If you've heard it on the radio, it's got to be true, surely. No, we're not technically on the radio. I think you're in the the 2019 equivalent of the radio. I think that's what counts, right? That that is true enough. Moving swiftly on, these are the headlines for the week of the 11th of November, 2019. The originator of Civilization games passes on. Hasbro profits fall, but D&D bucks the trend. And the Gygax estate lawsuit wraps up. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves. We start this week with some rather unfortunate news. Uh, That is the passing of Francis Tresham, the board game designer, who is most famously known for 1829, and indeed the originator of the 18xx series of games, and the first Civilization game, without which we would not have Sid Meier's Civilization series or his Railroad Tycoon games either. Francis Tresham also introduced the first technology tree to gaming in Civilization, Now, that's been copied in myriad of board games, role-playing games, video games, games in general since. Um, A real giant of the industry. I mean, you know, a wonderful legacy. Huge figure, yeah. Yes, and unfortunately, I will have to stand up and say I didn't know who he was until I found out that he died, which just goes to show that I'm an uneducated dolt who really shouldn't be recording a por- podcast about board games because he doesn't know the name of uh, Francis Tresham. I mean, these are not the sort of games I play personally, and I didn't know his name either, but his influence is still around and will continue through all of gaming pretty much as best I can tell. It's astounding, isn't it? I mean, like you, when you think that he invented you know, to heavy gamers, Civ games and 18xx... The Civilization computer game and Roro Tycoon. I mean, that blows my mind. I mean, interesting. The Roro Tycoon board game is actually one of my favourites, um, yeah. and I think it's it just shows you again, just for me, like what an influence to have on all of those games. He's he's got to be actually, I guess, one of the most most important people in games. Yeah. And yeah, so very very sad to hear of his passing. Interestingly, I find out because on Twitter, the uh, leader of the Liberal Democrats, Joe Swinson, was tweeting about it. Yes. Um, because wow. she is a massive. <laughs> Yeah, because she's a massive Civilization fan. So, um, which is um, which I found which I found really interesting. Brainwaves has no political affiliation. <laughs> that we totally do. Moving on, Ian, I believe you have some news about Hasbro. 
Yes, Hasbro have just put out their third quarter earnings and it seems that their shares are down 16% and their profits have been down 19%. That's quite a bit of a fall for one of the biggest games companies in the world with the tariffs on imported goods from China being seen as a major factor in the fall. According to Brian Goldner, the CEO of Hasbro, the, the tariffs have meant that large retailers have been buying from Hasbro domestically instead of making direct import orders, meaning Hasbro has had to take the cost of those tariffs and suffered as a result. Now, this is mostly from Hasbro Gaming. That does not include brands like Monopoly, you'll be glad to hear, Jamie, or Magic the Gathering which has seen some growth alongside uh, Transformers. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons has also bucked the trend. It's seen quite a bit of growth, probably due to, down to things like Critical Role, the streaming, all that kind of thing that's happening right now in D&D. So that's offsetting some decline in other gaming brands. There's always a little bit of chat about the sort of entrance of politics into gaming, and there's certain sectors of the community that always seem to object to any kind of political chat when games come out. This is just a stark reminder that no matter what you do, politics does affect games. These tariffs are a result of the China-American trade war. That's politics. It's in your games. Ta-da! There's there's no way to there's no way to avoid it. Like at the end of the day, yeah. like as as much as I can understand that people might have objection to certain political stances that some creators take in terms of how they they do things, but at the end of the day, you can't escape politics. Politics is all around you. You can just only you may only choose to ignore it. I think is the only possible choice you can make in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see as the Chinese America trade war hots up exactly what effect that's going to happen have on the board game industry because it could have some quite devastating effects because let's face it most board games are made in china yeah are you getting magnet printed in china yeah definitely i mean um yeah i mean what's really interesting now is that if you're looking for even if you're even looking for kind of competencies in plastics effectively you can't manufacture games on comparatively small runs in plastic anywhere else so if if you want to make a, a wow. game like Magnet, which obviously is full of miniatures, if you want to do that and you do, and you're not ready to go to to press with a fifty thousand print run, you, you're gonna you're going to be doing that in China because it it was so much cheaper for so long. That's where all the competency has moved, and European American manufacturers simply cannot keep up in terms of uh, those uh, those smaller production runs. So in fact, that the problem will ha happen is if those the big tariffs that are sort of twenty percent tariffs that have been proposed on games come into force, that's going to directly impact a ton of games they're all going to jump in price there'll be no way around it thanks very much james as our financial correspondent we value your input jamie uh, legal shenanigans happening in the DD &D estate i hear yes i once again step into the comfortable shoes and waistcoat of the legal correspondent this is a very nice waistcoat thank you very much it is a update on a story i don't think we covered but a story that has been making some waves that of a lawsuit between Gail Gygax, the widow of one of the co-founders of Dungeons & Dragons, Gary Gygax, and Tom DeSanto, who is a producer of the X-Men and Transformers films. Uh, in 2018, there was a $30 million lawsuit uh, brought against Gail Gygax by DeSanto, and it was recently dismissed without prejudice. Now, a bit of background to it. According to DeSanto, the lawsuit concerned the breach of a contract uh, over a deal signed in 2016 between the two parties regarding the exclusive right to develop and exploit the Gygax intellectual property in all media, including film, TV, video games, merchandising, and licensing. 
and there was a move by Gail Gygax to try and negotiate a video game deal without DeSanto's participation. And there is uh, another part related to his also published and unpublished material that he had written for Dungeons and Dragons. Now, DeSanto commented to video game site Kotaku, Unfortunately, my lawyers and I discovered troubling facts about the estate, which prevented me from executing my plans for the estate. This dismissal was without prejudice, and the interest in the estate I negotiated for is still on the record. I remain and will always be a great admirer of Gary Gygax and mindful of his legacy as an icon in the gaming world. If I remember rightly, there was a new Dungeons & Dragons film in the works. I wonder if this affects that in some way or form. I have no idea. Have either of you seen uh, any of the Dungeons & Dragons films? Much, Unfortunately. much I regret. Yeah, similarly with me. And, uh, I have, in fact, seen the first one. Yep. Um, I, I will admit, I love the first one because it's so ridiculous. Well, we'll get to a story a little further down the line about D&D coming to TV screens near you soon. But it would be interesting to see more a more direct connection between sort of Dungeons & Dragons and streaming. And certainly as we see... Companies like Amazon, Netflix, looking to produce their own content, there's going to be a sort of run on any IP lying around that can be turned to series, surely. This, we're bound to see hear more about this somewhere down the line. As, now, Ian, as, you yeah. say this, but what I'm hearing is 2020 remake of the Dungeons & Dragons Saturday morning cartoon. Don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I I don't think I I can even remember it. Um, so to be honest, but I I I when I look at this, I I kind of think it's it's a shame in some ways because the D and D wider universe has some really great campaign settings. You know, if you were taking yeah. stuff around, for example, like Forgotten Realms, for example, with like, you've got the whole Baldur's Gate series and all of all of what happened there. You've got some of those settings, maybe things like Dragonlance, things that you could adapt more than just sort of. That they did what they did first time round. They're like, we're doing D and D, and you're like thinking, that's like a rule set. Do you want to yes. make a, a rule set into a <laughs> into a into a film? I don't think that's going to be that exciting. It's going to be very art house. I feel like it's uh, just two and a half hours of watching the critical role people play games on on film. I'm sure Ian, people go and watch that. Ian, Maybe yeah, that's would. far too sensationalist. Yeah, it's exactly. it's an hour and a half of a of someone just rolling a dice over and over again. Yeah, well, someone else reads out the dungeon master's manual line by line. Uh, yes. Something. Something. It, 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 in black and white on a beach. <laughs> Werner Herzog reads the fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons DM guide. Um, I would pay for that. While someone else rolls <laughs> I, the dice. I also have to agree with Ian yet again. I'm in now. Yeah, Werner Herzog yeah. is going to is going to do this film of the Dungeons and Dragons rule set. If if Oswald <laughs> can get Werner Herzog on board to read the Dungeons and Dragons player's guide. I am there for that. Well, if, if you recall, uh, if you recall a wee while ago that the American, I think is the Royal National, the, um, the American Institute for the Blind uh, is putting out the Player's Handbook, Dungeon Master's Guide, Monster Manual, in oh yes, that's right, audio versions for uh, blind and nearsighted um, players and games masters. Just, just get Werner Herzog to read it. Please join the Brainwaves petition for Werner Herzog to read the D and D Player's Book. Moving on to the rest of the news.
Yes, and a very exciting piece of news that has broken just an hour before we started recording. We are recording this on Remember, Remember the 5th of November, which is why you'll probably hear the occasional firework going off in the background. Uh, there are fireworks over at Amazon as they have acquired the Critical Role animated series. Now, we reported on this earlier in the year and Critical Role managed to raise $11.3 million in backing from Kickstarter backers to make a 10-episode animation animated series uh, based on their Vox Machina uh, event adventures that they'd been streaming on Twitch and various other platforms. Now they have got backing from Amazon. Amazon are going to be distributing this series. They have also put in a bit more money by the sounds of it because not only do the seasons go up to 12 episodes but a second season has already been ordered as well so you're going to see even more of that animated goodness from critical role really cool thing to see and like we were just saying about the gary gygax ips about the DD ips i think we're going to see more of this from gaming i think we're going to see more ips picked up as streaming networks look for more content to put on their screens fascinating yeah Definitely. Well, I'm, it's also awesome to, I think, spread the fun of watching other people who are really good at role play, role play. Because actually, the first time I watched a series like that was very recently, and I was amazed at how much I enjoyed it. Just watching people do an RPG. This is pure anime, and so it's basically based on those adventures, but I've never actually watched any of the streaming stuff. And it still sort of kind of blows my mind that people will watch people play D&D. &D. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Still mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Jamie, Hasbro are mashing things up. They're mashing things up in a big blender and making something interesting. There's going to be a series of games uh, to be released so far only in Target in America. We shall see when they make their way to the shores of the United Kingdom. It is the Hasbro mashups line. There are five games being released initially, which are a mashup of two Hasbro games. So the five games are Candyland Connect 4, Guess Who Cluedo, or Clue if you're American, Taboo Speak Out, Monopoly Jenga, and Twister Scrabble Edition. I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> Twister Scrabble. So the games will combine elements of both games. So Twister Scrabble, as an example, it'll have you spelling out words on a Twister mat with letters on it instead of colours. Spell Ocelot. My spine! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that actually sounds awesome. I, yeah. Twister Scrabble? Like, well, you have to spell out a word. Oh, that just sounds brilliant. Like that, that I have to say, even if probably a lot of them will be terrible, um, I am here for that kind of experimentation. Oh, James, you're so cynical. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jenga Monopoly, if you're interested, is a Jenga tower, but all the blocks are... Monopoly properties and spaces. So okay. you have to get as many properties before the tower falls, and some of the blocks will give you oh. special powers or penalties, like the go-to-jail one is missing a go. Okay. So, like, Mayfair's somewhere difficult to get, I guess, and then you have or, to yeah. out, and then sort of... Oh, I, that, see, I think that that's... I, think that kind of innovation is actually quite surprising to see that coming from a larger company i mean i guess they're doing it because they can just take two bases of different groups run them together and then get them to both to buy the, the weird mutated mashed up game that maybe wants to put out of its misery straight away um but um but, but, on, the me, Father. but on the other hand that out of that kind of process of just like random mashing up i bet you one of those will turn out to be brilliant 
Ian, speaking of mashups of a sort, I believe there's been another merger. There has been another merger, but not a murder, a merger between uh, Wizards of the Coast and Acquired Took Games. Now, this is a digital game studio based in Montreal. They are already involved in the development of a game based on Dungeons and Dragons. So this is obviously a digital acquisition for Wizards of the Coast or WotC. And they have said an announcement. In Took, we believe we have found a unique partner that pairs the nimbleness of an indie studio with the veteran leadership and scale required to deliver complex AAA games for our largest franchises. If you're not familiar with the term AAA games, that refers to your things like Call of Duty, uh, Football Manager, sort of big, big computer game releases is what they're talking about there. So it sounds like Wizards of the Coast have got some interesting ambitions on the horizon. James, as our financial correspondent, what do you think of this merger? Well, I'm, I'm really interested by this merger because something that we're seeing increasingly is large, particularly large game companies, you looked at Asmodee, for example, um, are getting digital divisions and trying to build up digital product ranges. In Asmodee's case, I believe most of the work is actually outsourced rather than an in-house digital studio. But, yeah, um, I think that's right. But, um, but actually, I can, I, I, it would make total logic to, to buy those companies because fundamentally, there is a little bit of a merger of digital and tabletop tech going on. I mean, not mm. firstly, there's, there's the IP level of this. If you own an IP and you've got a great board game already, trust me you want to make a computer game of it because if you do it's just additional revenue stream additional advertising for the board game there's no reason not to do that and secondly the games themselves is the other direction you've got technology kind of coming more into board games too so and computer games like hearthstone where they're like conceived of as a card game so uh, increasingly if you want to make great experiences you can franchise effectively you want to make them in every way you can and the same way that companies like disney are vertically integrated this is exactly clearly what what people like wizard the coast are doing as well and why not yeah there's so i mean we're seeing so many app versions of games now and it does from all the things i've read on it it doesn't um, detract from the board game and in fact like you say actually enhances sales of the board game because people can get basically get a demo effectively for like a fiver on their phone and then go hey this is quite good i'd quite like to play this with my friends and go out and seek out the board game and buy it and i've seen some apps where actually they just link to like a board game store we can go and buy the app (laughs) buy the board game which is the smart thing to do and Yeah. yeah we're just seeing more and more of that ian you've got some news out of chicago Indeed, it seems that the chaps behind Cards Against Humanity are taking their business to a different level and opening up a board game cafe. Now, this is going to be a full service board game cafe opening up in Chicago, by which we mean it's going to be serving like actual food and uh, beer and all sorts of stuff in the cafe, as well as having a games library housed in an actual converted bank vault which is kind of cool. They also have two escape rooms, something that we've seen in some of the board game cafes in Edinburgh as well, where we've got like sort of cafe up top, escape rooms down the bottom. Uh, Max Tempkin, who's the co-creator of Cards Against Humanity, uh, said, we've been making games for almost 10 years now, and we've seen that games, food, and theater have an incredible capacity to bring people together and create community. It has been our dream for a long time to do a really ambitious version of a games cafe and share it with people. We hope it doesn't fail in an embarrassing fashion. As uh, <laughs> straightforward and straight talking as always from Bax Temkin, who's an interesting individual, although I'm not a great fan of Cards Against Humanity itself. The company is really interesting and has done a lot of really cool things in the past, including doing things like buying bits of the border along Mexico, America, so that Trump can build his wall in a certain bit and that kind of thing. <laughs> so they, they, they're a really interesting, disruptive company. Yeah. The uh, the theatre aspect of Max Temkin's statement refers to 
the House Theatre of Chicago, which is a, uh, a non-profit local theatre company who is building the escape rooms. Like I say, the game I don't really care for, but they've always been very generous. They've got quite an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, the Cards Against Humanity guys, and they've always been very generous to charities and all sorts uh, sort of surra- uh, around them. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see their version of a games cafe uh, and maybe it'll have some influence on other ones around the world. You got any games cafes in your town, James? Yes, I do. I have I have an excellent local games cafe um, here in Croydon called uh, the Ludicrist. Ah, uh, the oh, famous yes. Ludicrist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they've got. He, he, it's amazing. It's it's just it's pretty big compared to most of the board game cafes. I think it's about fifteen hundred, maybe two thousand games. Ooh, I can't remember the exact number. It's wow. a very big collection. And uh, and it, and what I like about it most is that it's on right on the high street with these just massive glass, big circular window. So it's just really light in there as Good. well. Which yeah. often like pokey places. I mean, by definite, you know, just because you can't afford anything other, you know, anything bigger than something that's quite small. Sometimes you don't get that effect. So um, I think what you know, what Nick, the guy who set it up, is doing with it, I, I love it. It's one of my. I feel very lucky that one of my favourite game cafes, and I think one of the best there is, happens to be ten minutes walk from my flat. Fantastic! I'll have to come and visit. Absolutely, please do. Welcome anytime. And just before we uh, leave the cast for today and go into the inevitability of Monopoly news, just a little update on uh, the Kickstarter union shenanigans. They are currently asking senior management to be neutral in the elections if they are to be called. They are now sort of taking the stance that they will have to go to elections uh, as the Kickstarter management have asked. At the moment, they are still not asking people to boycott Kickstarter, and as ever, we would encourage people to follow the lead of Kickstarter Union in their calls to help out. But, yes, it's, I think it's just about time to wrap this one up. It's the end of the show! And, of course, there is Monopoly news. And this is not a copy of Monopoly. It is, in fact, a show of Monopoly. In fact, it is an immersive show about Monopoly. With, recently, uh, a partnership has been announced between Hasbro and Celador Worldwide, who is an international touring theatre company, for an immersive Monopoly theatrical experience, which will run in 2020 or as it's more commonly known, 2020, in London in an as-yet-undisclosed location. Maybe it's going to be on one of the the streets in the UK edition. <gasps> I mean, it's got to be, really, hasn't it? Where else? If you don't yeah. have it there, what are they doing? I know. Yeah, Call missed, themselves missed an missed opportunity, company. otherwise. I mean, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's either going to be Mayfair or Old Kent Road. I know there are other ones, but they're the two most famous. I would guess Old Kent Road will be the only one with affordable space. Ah. So, um, uh, and absolutely garbage public transport. Probably. Uh, so, uh, so maybe not Maybe not such a great choice, I don't know. David Hutchinson, the chief executive of Celador Worldwide, has said, Trends in our sector are moving in a very exciting direction, with demand from a new generation of theatre-goers looking to experience live theatre differently and to be immersed in the world of the narrative in a different way. Which, coming from my theatrical background, I completely agree. I think it's a great idea. The other side is tinged with, yeah, but Monopoly. Um, But that's just me. It will include a 75-minute segment where teams will compete to win tasks in order to move along the board, buy properties, and attempt to win the game. 
but they all they should know it, it will never end. Of they course, will never win because it will never, never end. Win. So you enter the theater and you never and, leave, and you never leave until until everyone just agrees just to call it quits because they can't actually finish the game. That that would be the appropriate way for it to end. Something very quickly that we came across just before we go is One Page Dungeon. We'll put a link to this in the show notes, but this is an awesome little page you can go to and generate single-page dungeons that are randomly generated every time you click on the screen and just really cool little things for your D&D or whatever campaign. Go and check that out. It's really neat. And chuck the creator some money as well if you feel like it. And talking about chucking people money, we'd love to give a little shout out to our executive producers, the Lucky Sparrow Gaming Cafe. Thank you very much for your continued support. Yeah, if you'd like to... uh, support this cast with your fine money then you can do so through patreon if you give us one dollar a month you will get an extended version of every one of our casts uh, for two dollars a month you will also get access to a ver- uh, our sister cast called idle thoughts where people like james come on and talk about the games they have played recently we just recorded we were just going to be recording that after this cast is done and for $5 a month, you can join the executive producers of the Lucky Sparrow Gaming Cafe in becoming executive producers and maybe coming on the cast sometime as well. Now, James, I know that we talked about selling you the place. Jamie, have you come to a conclusion about uh, whether we should sell the sell Brainwaves HQ to James? Its offer is very good and it is limited time. It's a no from me. Well, I hate to tell you, Jamie, actually, the offer came off the table 30 minutes ago. What? Uh, I was informed by my by Mr. Tr- uh, Mr. <laughs> I won't say his name um, that uh, he no longer is interested in property because he's bought a uh, he's actually gone and bought the We're Not Wizards podcast studio instead in order to build a gigantic tower on golf course. So um, uh, as a result, the offer's gone. Well, oh well, oh well. I mean, I guess we're stuck with the thing in the basement. Yeah, we need to do something about that someday. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. Sam will come back and deal with it one day. James, thank you so very much for uh, stepping in and being our financial correspondent and uh, guest today. You are more than welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Now, where can the lovely listeners uh, contact you, find out more about you, find out more about Magnate the First City? Please, please tell all. So the, the place to go um, is magnategame.com. They can check out the game there and they can sign up to our mailing list. So when our Kickstarter goes live, they will get an email. Uh, other place to look at I'd always recommend is, is Board Game Geek. Lots of people have already been playing the game. We've been on tour with it now for about a year, taking it to conventions all, all up and down the country um, So and playtesting with all sorts of people. So there's already some thoughts there for check out, find out if it's, if it's a game that you think is for you. Um, obviously, all the usual social media things as well, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and then if you want to listen to my own inane witterings on board game design and such things, then my own Twitter account of at Naylor James is probably the place to go awesome well thank you very much james it's been a real pleasure having you on and thank you very much for listening if you like what you've listened to then the best way to help us out is to share the podcast about and drop us a review and rain on itunes you can also follow us on twitter at the giant brain we're also on instagram and facebook our website is giantbrain.co.uk and you can email us about anything in the show or and if you'd like to get in touch and chat to us about anything in the show at all it's giantbrainuk at gmail.com Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.